Welcome to the Yoga Focus Podcast. My name is Laura Gellner, and I am a yoga therapist and occupational therapist based in New Jersey. I created the Yoga Focus Podcast as a way to talk about the tools and techniques of yoga and to see how we can use those techniques to create a greater sense of focus and clarity within our life. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 7 of the Yoga Focus podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a specific type of movement in the spine, which is spinal articulation. And articulation is this movement that's very unique to our spine because of the structure, because there are so many little joints that go into the stacking of the vertebrae that we can create this really amazing wave-like movement. I always think of articulation as a wave. It starts at one end of the spine and moves to the opposite side of the spine. But one of the reasons that I really like to work with spinal articulation is because I feel like there's a lot to be learned in this type of movement. One of the reasons that there's a lot to be learned is that being able to fully articulate and create that wave-like movement through all the segments of the spine takes a really high level of control, a very high level of mind-to-muscle connection. The other reason that I really like it is because when we're going through an articulation, you might find that certain areas feel stuck or certain areas feel like you don't have as much control or that the brain is not communicating with the muscles that are going to create the articulation in that particular spot. And that's why I put on here, we can use spine articulation as a way to expose blind spots, to expose areas that we might not have otherwise realized that we didn't have good control or good mobility in that space. And that's going to be different for all the segments of the spine. Now, traditionally, when we think of spine articulation, it's usually used in the roll-up transition, where you're like in forward bend, and then you roll, 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 up to standing. We say something about stacking and that sort of thing until you come up into standing. And then maybe we do the opposite transition where we roll down into a forward bend. That's the most common spine articulation that I see in the scope of yoga practice. But what I wanted to talk about is expanding our understanding or our application, redbirds outside, um, expanding our application of spinal articulation to the other planes of movement and to apply this to all the segments of the spine. On the side of the board here, I wrote down the three segments of the spine, the three movable segments of the spine, the cervical spine, the neck, the thoracic spine is the mid-back, the area that connects to our rib cage. Each thoracic vertebra has a rib that attaches to it. And then the lumbar spine, the lower back. So for each of those segments of the spine, 
we can perform articulation to different degrees. Each of those areas of the spine has a, a different level of mobility depending on which plane of movement we're talking about. Let me go get right through. For each of those three spinal segments, we can think about the movement in the three planes. We can think about the front and back movement, flexion and extension at the cervical spine, the thoracic spine, the lumbar spine, and that would be movement on the sagittal plane, that plane that splits our body into left and right. It's where flexion and extension happens. The next one being the lateral movement, so lateral flexion, leaning to one side or the other, and that's happening on the coronal plane, or sometimes people call it the frontal plane. I usually call it the coronal plane because I think of a crown. It's going to sit on the crown of the head and it splits the body into anterior and posterior, but that's the plane of movement where we get lateral flexion. And then the third movement or third set of movements is rotation to the right and left. That's happening on the transverse plane, the plane that splits the body into superior and inferior and allows rotation. For each of those different spine segments and for each of those planes of movement, we can think about approaching that movement as an articulation, as something that we put a tremendous amount of mental attention into to find that really precise control of starting from one end and rippling down through the vertebrae, one to the next, one to the next, and then maybe reversing that and going in the opposite direction. So often we see that done just in the sagittal plane, just as a roll down and a roll up, but we can do it as a rotation that starts from the head in the upper spine and then moves toward the thoracic spine and then into the lumbar spine. As you come out of that rotation, first coming out from the lumbar and then from the thoracic and then the cervical spine is the last thing to line up. You can do that in any of those planes of movement. I find it particularly interesting to do an articulation in the side movement, in um, lateral flexion. And you can think of that the same way. Where if I was going to go into lateral flexion, I would start from what I could visualize, what I could feel as the very top cervical vertebrae and I'm going to tip from there, and then it's going to move down to C7, that last cervical vertebrae, and then it's going to go into the upper thoracic, mid-thoracic, lower thoracic, into the lumbar. To bring myself back up, I'm going to straighten from the lumbar, lower thoracic, mid-thoracic, upper thoracic, and the head and the cervical are the last thing to come up. I feel like doing an articulation in that coronal plane is so different from the way that we usually do it that it takes a tremendous amount of attention. And I love those movements that we can work into our practice 
that make us have to fully and completely concentrate on what we're doing. And there's a little element of the brain trying to figure out, well, how, how do I do that? What muscles do I use to do that? Do I have that connection or is it a connection that I need to establish in my body? Because that's that place of uncertainty of searching for connection. That's where progress and connection is created. And so much of what we're doing in yoga is trying to create better connection. One of the concepts that I like to talk about in terms of spine articulation is this idea of isolation versus integration. You'll hear a lot of talk from people who are involved in yoga and anatomy and movement science talking about how the body is this one integrated unit that everything affects everything else in the body. And I totally agree with that. I think it is so true. But sometimes when we look at the body as one piece or we look at the body in terms of just movement systems, we look at the whole body, sometimes we'll miss things that we would see if we maybe focused in a little bit closer. And that's where I like to talk about this idea of isolating a movement, isolating a joint, isolating a particular plane of movement versus integrating that with other joints or a more global approach to movement. In spine articulation, we can think of this as um, cat and cow. I like to use this example because that shape change of cat and cow is a shape change that we do very, very often in yoga. It's a wonderful way to warm up the spine. But the traditional way of doing cat and cow is a global movement of the spine. Everything is moving at the same time. All the spine extensors contract or all the trunk flexors contract. There isn't a lot of precision to that. And in that global movement of the spine forward and back, you might not be aware of a lack of movement in your lower back. Maybe your lumbar spine is not as mobile as we might want it to be. Or one of the really common ones that you'll see is the thoracic spine. So many of us spend so much time sitting at a desk or sitting at a computer that our thoracic spine gets rather fixed into that position. And you might not have much extension in your upper back at all. You're sinking into the lumbar. Your lower back is like doing extra extension because your upper back is not doing any extension. So the way that we would figure that out is we would isolate one part of the spine and then the other part of the spine and then start to learn from that isolation. You can take what you learn in that isolated movement and then apply that to the more global movement of your cat and cow. You would just have a better intellectual understanding of, okay, I know that I don't have a ton of thoracic extension. I'm just going to spend a little bit more time thinking about that. When I arch back into that cow, contracting in that space, thinking about that mind to muscle connection and not overusing my lower back 
to give myself the feeling like I'm doing a full cat and cow. It pulls us away from maybe some of our unconscious substitutions or unconscious compensation patterns where we're overusing one part of the spine because another part of the spine is not as mobile as we would ideally want it to be. This process of very focused, controlled articulation in any of the directions of movement can help us to figure those things out. So how do I do that in class? I will take the cat and cow movement and I'll have my students do just regular cat and cow in tabletop. And then I'll take a yoga block and I will put that yoga block across the lower back and say, okay, hold that yoga block on your lumbar spine perfectly still. I usually put it on the medium setting so that if it does move, it'll fall over, which is a good indicator. Because sometimes it's hard to feel if you're holding that segment still. The block is sitting there on the lower back and then I'll say, okay, do cat and cow, but only with the thoracic spine and see what that feels like. And there's usually a little bit of transition in there where you're trying to figure out, the brain is trying to figure out how do I move just my rib cage, just my thoracic spine without letting that block fall over. How easy is that or how difficult is that? Where do I feel that movement happening? You might feel like the upper thoracic is moving well, but the lower thoracic is very stiff and not articulating well. And then I switch that position. I take the block from the lower back, I put it on the back of the rib cage, again on that medium setting, so that if there is movement, the block will fall over and kind of let you know, okay, I wasn't stabilizing that maybe as well as I could. So you stand the block back up. And then all the focus goes on to, is really the pelvis is the driver of this, but you're moving the lumbar spine. So you're tucking the tailbone under, going into a posterior pelvic tilt, and then rolling the pelvis forward, anterior pelvic tilt, and seeing how far can I go into that movement before my thoracic spine wants to jump in and help, and how well can I control that movement? Do I feel like my muscles in that space are very responsive or are they a little bit sleepy, um, not quite <laughs> jumping to listen to what I'm trying to do. There's a lot of information and understanding that can be gained from doing that and seeing what parts of that movement are difficult. Then taking that movement the traditional cat-cow is happening in that sagittal plane. We're seeing how much flexion and extension or pelvic tilt we can get. But then we have these other planes of movement that we can practice with. And this is where it can get very interesting. Going into other positions, it may be in a seated position. I put an example of this on my Instagram if you want to go over to Instagram to get a visual of how you can do a segmented cat and cow movement and articulation of the spine in seated flexion and extension and then into lateral flexion and then into rotation. 
So if you want the visual for that, go over to my Instagram page at Laura G Yoga and you'll be able to see that, what it actually looks like. But the take home message of this is trying to do that in different positions. The demonstration that I did was in seated, try it in standing, try it in a lunge position, try it in um, supine. Can you figure out on your back how to wave in different directions or how to segmentally rotate your spine? And you can learn all of these different things about how your body is moving or where some of those blind spots are when you're changing that orientation to gravity because gravity has an effect on the way that our muscles are going to work. If we're moving against gravity, it makes it harder. Even though we don't think about it because gravity is such a constant for us, if you're in a position where you're moving your limb or you're moving your trunk against gravity, it's a more challenging position for the muscles versus a position where you are supported and it eliminates that pull of gravity so that you can explore the movement without needing quite so much strength or stability in that variation. So take this idea of spinal articulation and play around with it. Move in all different planes, focus on different segments of your spine, and think about what you've learned through that exploration of spinal articulation and how you're going to apply that to the broader scope of your yoga practice. That's what the heart of this exploration of isolation and integration really comes down to. Isolating an area, learning something, creating a stronger connection and awareness to that movement, and then applying that into an integrated form or um, the complexity of yoga postures, especially like a high level standing posture, so many different things go into it. So you have to have all of those foundation skills and all of that foundational self-awareness that you're pulling into that integrated yoga posture. There's so much nuance that goes into that. And when we only practice movements in a global way, we can miss out on some of those finer points that we can learn by isolating. But I think there's really merit in doing both. Isolating, focusing down to really, really small areas, and then expanding, 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 and looking at what that is in the broader scope of our movements. So I hope you have enjoyed this talk about spinal articulation and how you can play in your movement practice and explore what your spine can do for you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of the Yoga Focus Podcast. If you'd like to leave me a comment or a question, you can go over to my YouTube channel at Laura G Yoga and leave a comment under the video format of the podcast or you can go on to my Instagram which is also at Laura G Yoga and leave me a question or send me a direct message on there. If you want to ask a question for a future podcast topic, go over to the Anchor app on your phone and you'll have an option on there to send me a voice message and you might be featured in a future episode.
Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the podcast. I just wanted to talk to you guys about the book that I released in June of 2019, which is called Yoga Therapy at the Wall. I've worked on this book for the past three years to create all of the pictures and all of the information in here. It's 162 pages and it's a full color manual. The chapters are broken down by body parts that we focus on using the wall to help us learn about different movement patterns and how to change some of the yoga postures to have a specific therapeutic focus. And you can really start to understand when you look at the book why I feel like the wall is the most underutilized prop that we have in yoga. We kind of forget about these things that we have all around us and that we almost always have access to a wall to utilize in the practice. So this manual will give you a ton of ideas to expand and start to utilize the wall as a prop. If you're interested in ordering, you can get the printed version on lulu.com. Um, you can either take the link in the show notes or you can go on Lulu and look up yoga therapy at the wall. There's also a digital download option, but for that you have to go on Etsy. And my Etsy store is Healthy Focus by Laura G. Or you can just search yoga therapy at the wall. Thanks. Hope you enjoy it.